0: KSA okay, so Radio We you are Family. I'm Rion, and this is the highlights for the workday drive of the week of November the 9th. Sazi Jali speaks to us about being Christian and transgender.
1: There's a few verses in the Bible, and anyone can go and read because uh, I'm tired of people confusing the word of God and judging people due to their lives and yeah basically in Genesis chapter one Genesis chapter one we know it's all about creating and creation so when God was creating he already created humans in chapter okay in chapter 26 he was given an idea whereby he was in a covenant he was not alone we do not know who He was with at that time because he says that us creates a man in our own image and a man in our own image meaning there's someone who can look like sazi there's someone who can look like leticia there's someone who can look like donald trump there's someone who can look like anyone else but he said, let us make a man in our own image. Because now we do not know who are they are uh, they. Maybe they were trans people that time whereby God said, let us make a man in our own image. Because that's an image of God. But uh, an interesting part, Adam is not yet made. But God in chapter 28 is already giving authority. To these people who is already created, to say they must re multiply and they must uh, reproduce themselves, and Adam is not made. And going to Genesis chapter 2, if you follow the Bible right, you'll find that God started creating Adam in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And so funny that these they were already people whereby. God has already uh, created. That's why we find uh, Kabel, Adam's son, getting married uh, to foreign people because God already created other people. Uh, we do not know if they're trans or not. And we do not know if they were cisgender or not. We do not know if they were straight or not. We do not know much about them because it's not being told we're not there. But God created people who are on his own image. And if you know an image of God, you know that an image of God is human. So I'm human and everybody's human is an image of God. We're all different. So there are some people who are fat. That's an image of God. The people who are skinny. That's an image of God. There are thieves. That's an image of God. That's why we do not speak about those people because he created by them with a the weight. But Adam was very much different because he said, I want to show people that there's something about a person. A person has this thing that we see, a physical being and an inner person. That's why when Adam is created, he is created fully because Adam means uh, human. Human means complete by God. So he was complete. but Due to time and due to seeing Adam that he was bored, uh, he said, No, let us, let me make Eva, and Eva simply means the living one. So he made Adam sleep. That's the funny part, because Eva was living in Adam almost all this time when he was naming the dogs, the cats, the cows, whatever. But when he said, Okay. I need someone else now. He said, I'll make Adam sleep. And Adam slept. And Genesis chapter uh, 2, verse 18, he says, It's not okay for a man to live alone. So then he started creating ever, And then we see ever coming out from Adam and Eva being the living part. That's why Adam when he sees Eva says, This is me actually. This is the point of my points. This is actually me. That's why he was saying that that is actually me. I'm just looking at myself in a mirror. And what I was always have seen myself in a dress, this is me. This is just me with boobs now. This is just me with heaps now. This is just me with a vagina now. So this is how God started making people to notice that it's okay to transition, but people still don't understand that God already knew that because don't just say God created Adam and Eva and whatnot, whatnot, but God created ever from Adam. And if I transition, that means I'm taking out my ever from my body to be seen outsidely. And if we go further the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, this is my favorite script. It says, before I formed you, I, I, that's God speaking, I formed you. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, and I knew you. So whatever you're going through, whatever is happening, God knows that I, uh, That's you, because God already knew you. And um, uh, where's the scripture? I'm trying to remember whereby he says, even um, before the foundations of the earth, I already knew you. I'll remember later and I'll come back to it. But God already knew us. And that's why people should understand that God knows us very well if you are going through a hardship right now god knows that you're gonna be a king one day you need to go through this and even if you are born unprivileged god knows that tomorrow it's not gonna be the same so it's the very same thing with being trans god knows that you were not meant to be this you meant to go through this journey so that I can show my glory to people. And let me show my glory to people by you showing them that anything is possible because the Bible says nothing is impossible with God. Anything is possible. I love this verse very much. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone... Is in Christ. He is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. So if today I say I'm in Christ, you should forget that yesterday who I was, if my name yesterday was uh, Saul, because we talk of Saul who changed to be Paul uh, because now he was in Christ. And when Paul is in Christ, they forget that he was the killer of people. So it's the very same thing with trans people. God knows that uh, when you become in him, all the other things have passed. You needed to pass those things. You needed to pass uh, being assigned male at birth. You needed to pass all those things and become yourself that's what this scripture talks about it talks about being a new creation in Christ so all the part all the go all it says
2: all the old has gone and the new has become so if today uh I come and I'm haven't done my operation
1: I haven't done anything that simply says, the old is still there, but when I'm coming back and coming back with this new life, that doesn't mean God will would, would not recognize me. He will still recognize me because the new has come, because God sees us. And before you heard me with Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, he said, ah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. And I blessed you. So that's what he's saying. God already knows us.
2: John chapter 3. Yeah, this is John chapter 3, verse 3 to 6. No one can enter the kingdom of
1: God unless they're born in spirit flesh give birth to flesh listen to this flesh give birth to flesh spirit give birth to spirit and we're talking about entering the kingdom of God so the kingdom of God is not entered by flesh it's entered by spirit so if my spirit says I'm a woman that means my spirit will give rise to a woman, and I will enter the kingdom of God because God doesn't only
2: cease. Because if, uh, we, if we go further in the Word of God, uh, we go to to First Samuel, uh, verse sixteen. Chapter 16, verse 7, he says, um, God
1: doesn't see men like men see other men, but he sees the inner man, the inner person. So he sees the heart. If you go to the new version of the Bible, he says he sees the heart. But actually what he's saying, he says, he sees the soul. My soul is different from my physical being. So if God is viewing me wherever heaven it is and wherever heaven it is at, God sees me as a soul, doesn't see this physical being, doesn't fee- see this choppy person, but sees the physical the physical being. So the Bible simply says that if you read the Corinthians, uh, the only way we can enter, no, sorry, John, the only way we can enter the kingdom of God, it's through spirit, and God sees the spirit, and some Samuel, is like verifying that God only sees us in spirit, and sees us for the real who we are, not uh, what other people sees us, that's why we cannot hide, the Bible says, we cannot hide from God, where can you hide from him? It says that it asks that question. You can go deep down under the sea, God still sees you. You can go under the bed, God still sees you. You can go up in this space, God sees you. Because he doesn't see the physical being, he sees the spirit. Whenever the spirit the spirit, there is God, and wherever there is God, there is spirit. So God views us in spirit, doesn't view us in our body. Yes, this body. Um, If the Bible says when Jesus returns, um, it says, we'll be like him. And we find that in Romans uh, chapter
2: 7, verse 22, it says, no, um, uh, we'll be like
1: him when he returns. And all the immortal will just Stay and the immortals will appear and will be like him. What does the word say means by that? It means the physical being will just sit here and we're going to transform into these things that will look like him because now everything will be like him. We will just know that he's Jesus and will be like him.
2: And people forget those basic things, and they call themselves Christians. And and if you go back to Romans, it says, I I, I have to rejoice. This is Paul speaking. He says, I have to rejoice
1: uh, according to the inner man. The inner man needs to rejoice. So, if my inner man doesn't rejoice, that means I'm dead in Christ. Therefore, if rejoicing the inner man means I have to transition to look like the inner man. that means I have to transition to look like the inner man, not like and not like what is happening, whereby the inner man should suffer, and you are not godly, because lying to God. And saying you're happy while you're not happy. It means you'll suffer because this thing will just stay here because this is flesh. As we had that flesh, when we die, they say uh, flesh to flesh, soul to soul, spirit to spirit, and where the spirit goes, it goes to God. And where does flesh goes, it goes down the earth, and it's eaten by whatever and it's become fossils and but after many years fossils change to gold and or whatever minerals so this is what is happening people should understand that god only views us in spirit and only knows us in spirit not the physical being yes i could uh, be disarmed today and uh, it doesn't mean god doesn't like me but he just Giving a testimony about my life. So, if we understand these basic five or six verses, we'll understand what really God means about us. And to recap, it's Genesis chapter one, whereby he's creating humans, and Genesis chapter two, when he's creating Adam, and it's, we go to Jeremiah. Chapter 1, we go to 2 Corinthians, chapter 15. We go to John, chapter 3, and we go to 1 John, chapter 3, and we go to 1 Samuel, chapter 16, and Romans, chapter 7. And if you understand this scripture, you understand that being uh, yourself doesn't mean that you are disputing god it just means that god already knew that you were this
2: person the only time you are doing a scene is whereby you say "Ah, uh, i'm not trans or i'm not what the
1: word says i am because it's whereby you now saying god made a mistake god didn't make a mistake and that's I think that we need to learn that God doesn't make a mistake. The Bible says so. And the Christians always fight us with the reverse and say, God says, doesn't make a mistake. God doesn't make a mistake. It simply teaches us that um, it's not a mistake to be trans and it's not okay. It's not a mistake to be born or assigned a different gender. But it simply means seeking you throughout your journey to have a testimony one day to speak about him and if you understand that everything would be perfect
0: Pierre from the global interface network interviews a reverend jide mccauley about being a gay pastor
3: hello everyone it's Pierre again from the global interfaith network this week we're interviewing reverend jide mccauley who is the ceo of house of Rainbow. And we're actually doing this interview from Lesotho, as he's here doing some work. Hello, Jideh, how are you doing? Hello, um, it's good to
4: see you again, Pierre. And um, and also, greetings to all the uh, listeners to this program. I'm excited. Um, you know, thanks for the introduction. Um, my name is Jideh McCauley, but people also know me as a happy, holy homosexual. Um, <laughs> Which is a good thing because, um, you know, I've been on this journey of reconciling my faith and my sexuality as a gay man, you know, of Nigerian descent. And um, uh, it's really exciting to be in Lesotho, um, you know, doing work with the communities here, particularly with Matrix and several other organizations as well. And it's been amazing just to work with uh, faith leaders, parents and the LGBT communities as well. And also the media. Here yeah, they're very open, and you know, at least the ones we met are ready, you know, to be constructive in how they report on the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender issues.
3: Yeah, and today, so we've been spending the past three days here in Lesotho, meeting with media, religious leaders, parents, and LGBTI people. Uh, could you maybe speak a bit more? How about how did this work come about?
4: Yeah. Well. The work here in Lesotho came about um, a few years ago and when we, we 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 came here to do some work as well you know to introduce House of Rainbow and work with the communities here and that's when we started to understand that there is a great need there's a great gap you know in the knowledge around you know religion and sexuality so we decided that we will include this in our thematic areas so that we will be able to find sources and funding know in order to get us back to do the work here and of Mm -hmm. course it's also something that matrix association has been looking into Mm -hmm. but the this is where we look at the power of collaboration you know the the fact that we're able to collaborate with global interview network and several others to do this in itself is a testament Mm -hmm. so um we know that there are parents who do not understand their children there are faith leaders who do not understand the scriptures as best that they should Uh, Because everyone believed that the Bible condemned homosexuality outright and it's not something we should talk about. You know, being gay or lesbian is an abomination, full stop. But for the work that we do at House of Rainbow, it is not so. Mm. Uh, We believe in a God that's compassionate. We believe in a God that's loving. And uh, being gay or lesbian, bisexual, transgender is no way an abomination. Mm. But unfortunately, we have biblical texts that people use, you know, to Mm. say, no, it, it is a sin. But, you know... Many things are a sin when it comes to humanity, but, you know, hating on gay people and subjecting them to uh, a level of mental health and anxiety, in my opinion, is a sin. So, yeah. but and I thing think that, again, we also, you know, are hoping to do some work around, you know, helping the parliamentarians and the lawmakers mm. um, to look at how they put laws in place. Of course, you know, many religious communities uh, and even government rely on the Bible, you know to produce laws exactly so yeah. i mean the, the the ten commandments is we must just put the ten commandments in our, constitution. in our constitution yeah but the way that you do law is to reason with minority groups there will always be minority groups among us Yeah. you know for hundreds of years women were not allowed to vote mm. women not allowed to you know have properties in their names mm. simply because the bible says that the man is the head of the house which we know today is wrong mm-hmm. you know the bible was used to legislate over slavery just mm-hmm. imagine people use the bible to say that you know uh, any person of color you know is subjected you know um to the orders of uh the europeans for example but mm-hmm. i think you know that to me is, or even powerful people within africa own slaves mm-hmm. but i think that the reality here is that people use the holy book wrongly mm. and some of the things that we are you know obviously bringing and trying to do is to get people to know that the holy book is a good book mm. it's not a weapon
3: yeah
4: you know in fact the holy book helped a lot of people you know to develop a mindset of hope mm. and to look into the future and to build their future but when you look at it today unfortunately the holy book is a, is a very scary book for many people
3: particularly within the lgbt community yeah no you're right and i I think what's been very important is, like you're saying, that people have been using holy scriptures to keep people out um, and to exclude people. What I've seen over the past three days is you've created a sense of inclusion and a sense of hope. And even telling your personal story, which has helped many LGBTIQ people of faith here in Lesotho. With their story, and how do they come out to their families and how do they get involved in their faith? I think I'd also like to speak a bit about how the inclusion of other faiths, because we had Islamic people in the room. How do you balance this with other faiths? I think
4: that, you know, coming to Lesotho, um, you know, in, in terms of interfaith, you know, um, I, I did an exchange conversation with, um, you know, Tam Pose, who is the director of Matrix, and uh, the Christian religion in itself is actually more problematic, and the population of the Muslims are also very low. It's not mm-hmm. that we do not need to interact with them, but this is where we're in Lesotho, where about 80 plus percent are. You know christians and we're talking catholic anglicans mm-hmm. pentecostals so that's really where the hot spot is for this conversation uh the traditional religion is not in itself problematic for the lgbt community but it also needs a level of sensitization because that really is where the roots of africans are when it comes to our religious you know practices mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. religious history but having said that there is always room you know to create a balance for everybody for example i met with one of the uh islamic um, participants in this conference mm. And you know we begin to look at how we can make Referrals so that they can also Gain more in the environment Of what Islam says about LGBT you know link them with Organizations like Alfitrat mm. In South Africa so that they can Go on in, in you know the intensive um, Training for um, um, You know scholars yeah. uh, Which is a good one and, um, and The way that we also do it sometimes Is that if we, if we know that There are going to be more Muslims uh, in the sessions, then we often will bring someone in who is a Muslim scholar to come and participate in the program. We've done that before. We did it in Botswana. Uh Uh, We did it in Zambia, Mm. you know, where we had Muslim scholars come in from another country to help because we couldn't find a a Muslim scholar within the country itself. So, um, and I think that for me, I mean, looking at interfaith is just to let people know that, you know if you are a Christian or a Muslim um, your faith uh, is important to you
3: exactly.
4: and you also need to respect the other people's faith yeah uh, you know other people's faith is not a threat to you yeah I'm a Christian Islam Buddhism any other faith is not a threat to me in fact I embrace it and I love the people who
3: practice those faiths good thank you so much today and it's a pity that we have a limited time each week. But I'm looking forward to having more interviews with you. And I'm sure our listeners out there are very interested in this topic.
0: And Gavin Prince from Red.PR speaks to us about the ins and outs of running a PR agency. JSA Radio, where you are family. I'm Rian, and uh, today we are talking to Gavin Prince from Red.Public Relations. Let's just kind of run in, and I'm going to straight start asking questions to you. How long has Public Relations been around?
5: It has been around for three and a half years. So December, the 2nd or the 3rd, we'll be celebrating our 4th. Yeah. And how did it come about? It came about, it was conceived on the rooftop of a five-star hotel in Bangkok, Thailand. So literally what was happening was that we were about nine friends, including my husband, and we were sitting next to the pool of this hotel, on holiday obviously, and we were just like, I'm in a dead end job. And my one friend was also saying that she's in a dead-end job. And and, and, and so it went around the circle. And then we also said, what if we were to start a company? What would we call it? Well, there were lots of names, not red dot, but you know, and, but all the expertise were thrown into like the conversation. And when we got back to South Africa after the two-week holiday, it was myself and another friend who continued the conversation. So we started the Red Dot. So she has, she has um She's left the company um, onto greener pastures. But yeah, so that's how Red Dot was born. Red Dot as a name is quite interesting. That's something
0: that I thought when I heard it the first time, was like, okay, cool. How did that name come about?
5: So let me just say to you that when people, a lot of them, I would say 80% of the people that when we put an ad out there uh, for vacancies, Everybody loved to come, like, to the interviews with the red pants and the red jackets and lipstick and shoes. And red is not even my favourite colour. Uh, <laughs> so blue is my favourite colour. My five-year-old daughter will tell you that. So red, it was literally, Rian, it was going to be blue door, green door, yellow apple, or red dot. We gave, like, normal CIPC, you know, we gave, like, five names and they chose the fourth one. The, the interesting thing is that there's a company called Red Dot Tourism in Bumalanga. There's a company called Red Dot Branding in Centurion. So I found it very interesting that they would have accepted like our name. But yeah, here we are. Now what services do you guys offer? So we do, we focus primarily on media interviews, something typically to what we are doing now. Uh, so we, but we always say to our clients, we always encourage our clients and say, because as you know, Rian, we you've got like community radio stations, you've got community newspapers and radio stations. So media, regional media, national media, and international media. And I always say, while our main target is national media, I always encourage my client go for all because um, the people that that knock and drop on your doorstep in the afternoon. Those are your supporters that are reading about your brand and about other things in that newspaper. So we kind of need to support them. And we find the community newspapers and radio sessions to be, and TV sessions to be very sort of... not understanding, but supportive. Supportive. So, so supportive of, like, the brands that we sell to them. You won't believe it.
0: I started out at knock-and-drops in my journalism career. Oh, Maybe is it? years ago. Yeah, yeah. so now right back at Community. Caxton. South. Caxton. I used oh. to work for the Kempton Express. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time yes. eventually with Citizen, which is also a Caxton
5: Yeah. I, and that's a weird thing. So we both started off at knock-and-drops. Of I started at a newspaper called Metro Burger.
0: I know the Metro in Burger. A mutual
5: okay. In Cape Town. So I used to do like amazing, like, well, <laughs> listen to me, amazing stories. But yeah, because because all our stories are precious. But um, but yeah, so I did that for about two years of my life. It's hard work. It is. It is because you know what the challenge is? Because I've had the privilege of working at a mainstream newspaper versus the, the, the so-called knock and drop. And with the knock and drop, you are closer to the story, but you are more vulnerable to people telling you, your master, or this or that, where, like, you're just, like, so prone to, like, being attacked or something, whereas, because I did everything, gangsterism, stories, everything, whereas with the mainstream um, newspaper that I worked at, there's, like, you are protected because you can, like, if you are here and you call me and say, Gavin, I'm going to hit you, and I'll say, I'll put my lawyers on you, you know, because there's a team of, like, Support us on executive level. Whereas with the knock and drop, it's different. But but you are closer to the story. You are closer to the story.
0: Mm. And the community tends to phone you first before they phone the national. Yes, 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 yes. That is the amazing part. So core values. I mean, tell me, tell me a bit about your core values at
5: Radar. So we so we 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 pride ourselves in uh, in knowing that we embark on like endeavors, like be it brands that we bring together. Um, with absolute integrity. It is, it's, it's very, very, very important to us because if there's no integrity, then we might as well close the door. And especially with us as a PR company, remember now it is tricky because people accuse us of being like, oh, that's just BS, you know, that's just PR talk and whatever. But we're like, uh uh-uh. uh, we are like, even last week when I had a client who, Wanted the tabloid media, you know, you stored in the tabloid media. I had to tell him to keep quiet and to not give like certain information to the media. So we, and also the thing is, Rian, is that what you sell to the media, because now remember, we are the middleman between the brand and the media. So whatever you as the middleman sell to the media, When your actual client or brand goes to the media for the interview, it needs to be 100% in line with the communication of how it came out of Red Dot's offices.
0: You mentioned tabloids, and I've got to ask this question. Isn't it anybody's nightmare to be in a tabloid? I mean, there's just a certain kind of stigma kind of
5: connected to tabloids. So... Have I been in a tabloid? Yes. I've also been. I've also been <laughs> the tabloids. But fortunately, I was already established in the sense that I knew people. So I knew the lawyer of the tabloid. And I called them and it was the announcement of my wedding. And they wrote like on, like in the newspaper, they wrote about us. And I just called the lawyer and I said, so this is going to be, it's a tabloid. It's we are in a gay relationship about to get married. So there are words that are going to come out of that article that, that I'm going to cringe. And it's me, but you know what I'm talking about. So I like, I basically, I call the, their lawyer who I knew. And I said, please take out all the, the derogatory, you know, homophobic sort of terms and when I called him afterwards, he said to me, Gavin, yeah, it was naughty. It was rough. I took out three sentences.
0: <laughs> how do you establish um, your clients as leaders in this field? I've signed up with you, and mm. how
5: would you do it? So basically, because we always say that we, through our pitching to the media, we establish you as the integrity in your field. Like that's a proper position. That's like a title and a half. So what we usually say, and obviously because of the fact that if you had answered the question in terms of what makes you unique, like among other, you know, other people like in your field, we kind of like zoom in on that in terms of like how we pitch to the media. So if you say, oh, you are the only person in South Africa to have done this and that and the other, we go in. We go in for the kill in terms of the media. And sometimes the junior, it has happened before where junior publicists, where they would come into my office and say, oh, that radio station and that newspaper said no. And then I would call that bosses and proper pull in the rank there. But the thing is, you know what, Riam, as much as we can have strategy, you can have the uniqueness, you can have an amazing press release, right? It all depends on the mood of that journalist. So whether or producer, And I've tested this many times. Like I would, I mean, you produce your own show. So I would call you at like five o'clock on a Friday afternoon, right? Your mood is going to be different to Monday morning. Friday afternoon, you just want to get home, you know, or want to get to the next party. But Monday morning, you're going to be so focused in terms of, okay, this is what I want for. We've got like specific days when we pitch. What days are they? I've got <laughs> to ask <this. laughs> So that you can ignore my calls if I call you on a Monday morning. So we always say like, I always say to the team, like rather in terms of the media, contact them anytime, but before two o'clock on a Friday. And after two, we do admin Like, we do our own admin and then the bottle of bubbly comes out and we celebrate, like, the week's successes and things like that. Do you think it's important for a business to have, like, a public relations company representing them? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Why? Because it is, while you, like, you've got a specific service. So let's say this is your brand and you've got a specific service. It's always nice for people to be reminded. I feel our society needs to be reminded by certain brands. When I go down to Cape Town... There's a very popular restaurant. It's popular among the colored community on the Cape Flats. And it's a little restaurant owned by like generations of family. And um, it's called Golden Dish. And they sell the best chicken and mutton and lamb rooties like under the planet. Not even Durban comes close to that. But also it's like the community that, that, that I grew up in. But the point I'm trying to make is if I'm in Cape Town, And I say to my friends and family, okay, I'm here in Cape Town. Have you been to Golden Dish? Are you going to Golden Dish? So I'm like, ah, yes, of course, Golden Dish. I have to go make a turn on my way to the airport. Quickly go up down this route and, and, you know, and, and, and off I go. So go. So people need to be reminded about like and that is what we mean by brand awareness you just mentioned
0: golden dish some other brands that you've worked with famous ones so we've worked with um
5: we've opened up like trampoline parks a park called rush it's almost like bounce but more well it's very similar there's not much of a difference we've worked with technology a technology brand called buzz it's almost like facebook and twitter we had so much fun with that brand as well so there's been like Quite a few business financial experts. We've got a lot of business coaches that have walked through the doors of uh, of Red Dot. Even a, a property. She sells property. She sells flats and houses in Durban. We've been blessed with like a lot of like interesting people. Even Rian. We just signed our first plastic surgeon. Wow. Say, so Mark Freyomoy. She's, really? she's proper. She's she she's I'll the real
0: deal. I'll get that number. <laughs> <laughs> Forever young.
5: We were talking about
0: social media and uh, how do you handle social media from your side? Why is it important,
5: I think, firstly and secondly, how do you handle it? The social media community, as we know, is growing. It's a growing community and it's become an integral part of PR. What I always advise clients is I always say, like, when you sit in front of me and you want PR, I would always ask you, so is, um, and I had this conversation yesterday with a potential client where I said, is marketing in place? Is social media in place? Uh, not so much advertising, but marketing and social media. Because I feel that PR and marketing and social media kind of needs to complement each other. Because, and you know what we did, so this is how serious we are about uh, social media, Rian, is that even in our agreements, in our contracts, we put there that you as a brand will acknowledge a PR on your social media. And that's how our clients, and now my secret is out, the red dot secret is out. But that's how our clients thank us on social media. It's very, it's very important. Like I say, it's a growing market and people need to, it's also like a a very cheap way of um, advertising, of advertising your brand. Do you know that there are so many like advertising sites on Facebook? Like Pretoria's got its own one, I saw that. and then like East Rand has got its own one, West Rand, and Durban and Cape Town. You can absolutely like go to town. We offer social media as a service, so we started doing that. And then, as you know, when we were in uh, in Nizna, we saw the work that a company called the Social Media Company what they are doing, and we've decided now so we're gonna we, we're gonna partner with them. So while we offer social media as a service we are
0: outsourcing but it's also just a logical thing because if if i think about it if i have an ad and i've got something on social media i'd rather go and look at the social media thing than kind of being bombarded with an ad Mm. and people don't think about
5: that exactly and you know what with social media especially like facebook like let's call it by its name like facebook it's so personal it's like you know but it's also like it's a platform where okay you can talk to your cousin but then you watch to see what that brand is doing or what your client is doing, you know? And at first, I mean, 10 years ago, we were all like, oh, my. Like, I remember saying it to my friends. Oh, my God, you won't believe it. My boss has just invited me on Facebook. And it's it was a big that whole thing. debate. And you know what? And at that time, it was okay to leave a friend request hanging for four days or five days (laughs) now if you hang me for four hours i'm gonna pull back
0: my friend request we were talking about publicity now especially facebook how do you deal with negative publicity and uh, people bitching about things and uh, i think we've all seen it and
5: gone Mm -hmm. through it and Mm -hmm. how
0: do you deal with that
5: so on social
0: media social social media and as a company Let's say mm. I come to you and I said you organized this event and it, it sucked balls. and mm. like, How are you going to deal with
5: that? So, you know what? It happens with the red dot, unfortunately. And uh, and sometimes we go back in our status meetings on a Monday morning, We're just like, what did we do wrong? Like, what? Like, you know, I'm like I would proper say, I would go in vernacular and say, what happened? <laughs> like, that is, that is the question like every week. But you know what? I always say like, there's, people say like, Kill them with your smile. I always kill these rumors with the truth. If you ignore people, ignore like, and I mean, we've had an incident now about two, three weeks ago where the media was like, you know, taking red dot on things like that. And um, so you need to man up firstly. You need to own up to the situation, Rian. You need to say, listen here, I messed up. I'm sorry. And move on and not leave people like hanging. So, for example, what happened this week with Liberty, where on Saturday, the files were hacked into. I mean, do you know how much money is invested with Liberty? My husband's in Mauritius. I called him immediately and said, where's our money again? Is it by Liberty? And what Liberty did was Monday morning, like the first working day, they came out with their (laughs) spokespeople and they said like, you know what, this is a situation and we are investigating, you know? So, but the other thing with social media, so we are quick to apologize and you just like... Sp-
0: Was your money worth liberty?
5: No, but the thing, the other thing also in terms of social media, and this is, especially when we do PR for a individual, doing PR for brands or social media for brands is, is different, but we had a contestant of the Mrs. Commonwealth where we did her social media. I promise you, Rian, every third day there was a message of propositioning from some or other person like in the world out there saying, how beautiful are you tonight? I love that red dress and things like that. So you know what we do? We do something that takes us literally a minute. You email that person because obviously that person does not know. This is not the actual person that's doing the posting of the beautiful dress, you know? So what we do is there was some, the 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 most hectic one was on Instagram, where he sent her a DM, not a picture, but he sent her offering to send a picture. <laughs> and I will leave you to color in that picture. <laughs> I think we are all adults here on this radio station. And then, then all we do is we like, again, kill them with a smile, kill them with the truth. So we email, we always message back, Ryan and we say, hi, thank you for your message. We'll be sure to pass on the compliment to our client. Thank you. The office.
0: Your upcoming events, what are you planning? Are we seeing anything
5: like Pink Lurie, anything like that mm-hmm. coming up in the near future? <laughs> so um, there's quite, I would say, our focus is more on media interviews, more than events. Here and there, they are very far, like far in between mm-hmm. or whatever, or however you say it, in terms of like events events where we are but i mean we started off as an events company as well we, we handled all those celebrities and the egos but when we had our like regroup we our strategy session because I, I believe every company should have a strat session every six months whether you are doing nothing or not doing any changes you need to strategize every six months so we do that and we were sitting down we were like why do we suck at events and we start like focusing on like You know, excluding deleting all the riffraff and focusing and zooming on like, you know. But I mean, we've had amazing events. We've had amazing events. But there were some like launches that we did where five people would rock up five people you know but in the end but obviously now with social media so when you post you post very strategically of you know like a certain section where you don't show like all the empty seats but i mean in terms of when when we did the openings of the trampoline parks and in cape town and johannesburg we were full to capacity like we had to imagine having an event we have to turn down media and say no you know so we've had some good ones but no i can't have three amazing events and two crappy ones. I need to have five events that are all amazing. So yeah, so in answer to your question, so no, they are very, like here's yeah, something happening in June or whatever, but not like an event, like a, a Red Dot organized event. But you know what I what I always say as a businessman, I always say, the day an amazing Edith Fenter, like Jill Groger, like person walks through Red Dot's door. Those are socialites, as you know, those are socialites that organize parties for that's their job. Like they organize proper celebrity and high profile parties or events. When that type of person walks through my door, I will start Red Dot events immediately. And you'll be on our guest list. I'll be on our guest list. Thank (laughs) you,
0: Kevin. Kevin, thank you so much for your time. The last thing here is if somebody wants to get hold of Red Dot,
5: where do they go? We are on the world wide web or, or on Facebook, red dot just simple, red dot um, public relations. relations on Facebook. Our website is ww.red.pr.com. There dot, we go. Dot com? Dot because com. we are international.com. Take note.com. It's <laughs> not
0: like we just not a plebeio, it's dot com. <laughs> no place for co.zeno. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, thank you so so much for your time. It's been wonderful. And I'm going to have you thank definitely you. have your back here. On oh, the thank show. you. Thank you. Just on that note, just for our listeners, what makes tabloids
5: so hectic? You know what? With tabloids, it is, they are in you know, Africa, it is, it's like bar. It's like it's um, trashy. It's, Can I use the word trash? It's crude. Yes, 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 of course. You, you go ahead. It is, it's um, it's There's just no boundaries. There's no limits. So for example, over the weekend, like last uh, Wednesday, my client, while we targeted in terms of our strategy, we targeted all Sunday papers, including one tabloid newspaper. Oh my goodness. All of the other new intellectual Sunday papers wrote, you know, very sort of, they were tiptoeing around the issue. And basically the story was about a dad who wants access to his son. Anyway, but the wife is famous. So, and they're estranged. strange. So, but if, if when I opened up the tabloid, the tabloid just like, they just went. Straight for it. Yes.
0: And they don't miss, mince their words. Not more. at all.
5: I mean, they not, say it as it is. Not at all. But I always say, you know what? It is coming, having a journalism background yourself as well. I kind of have respect for tabloid journalism. Provided that there's integrity, provided that there's truth, provided that the truth is not bended so much for your s- sensation and for your reader's pleasure. Um, if you like, you, you, you can still like um, tweak a little bit of words here and there to make it like I, I when I was at, at, at the mainstream newspaper, I did entertainment journalism, but I called it naughty journalism. So, so as long as there's truth, I mean, people try to sue me. Singers, actors try to sue me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But if you tell the truth, it's a different story. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So, what kind of businesses um,
5: do you work with? So, in t- so if if you like, we call ourselves Red Dot Public Relations, the PR home to the serial entrepreneur. Okay, explain that. So what? So what <laughs> that means basically? is that um so if you are a businessman or a, uh, a business person who um who's got multiple businesses and you are but but you kind of need like pr and marketing and social media to just elevate your brand just be given a upstorky to take your brand to the next level uh you you call us so we and we started off as like you know doing pr for celebrities This actress and that singer and whatever. Amor Bitoni was there. Steven DeLang, people were there. But we just found that, you know what, with, yes, admittedly, I wanted to make more money. Um, But it's more of a nightmare as well, isn't that? Well, I always say, like, with love and respect to all of them that were with us, uh, the artists, but you do PR for their names and then you do PR for their egos as well. And is there a difference? What's the difference? The difference is that, okay, so the the name, you do PR for the name, that is the agreement. That is what we sign in the in like you know, in, in terms of the contract. But in terms of doing PR for their egos, when you get to a sort of if you like land this amazing interview for them, and they're just like mm, pulling up the faces or the nose and saying, That's not my brand. I'm sorry. You don't even know what your own brand is because there's like you work for a certain sort of movie or a soapy, but and then you've got your own brand. But do you really know like what your brand is? Come on. So that brings me to criteria. If
0: I'm a business or a celebrity and I want to be signed up by you, what's your criteria? What
5: do you look at? So I look at marketability how am I going to sell you to the media? Like I've not chased people out of my office, but I've said, this is the end of the meeting. We're not doing this. And like, and that means I've said no to money before, purely because I'm protective of the brand. So you need to be marketable. I need to be able to go stand on a pedestal and talk and say, okay, your brand is out of this world. And my, uh, I always have one question for all of my potential clients when we have our first meeting is, what makes you different from other people? I sat down with a estate agent. He sells houses. And I said, so what, what is different between you and, and other estate agents? And he said, I put my houses, all my flats, I put them on Facebook. And that's how I sell them. I'm like, come on, go back to your office, your home. Think about what you want. And then come back to me. So we are very strict, like the biggest thing. So we like, in terms of actors and actresses and people like that, like that's not our vibe. So I will have to say no to those type of people. But if you're running a business and you're out there to be successful and um, you read books, you know, um, whether it's the Robins or the Richard Bransons or whatever, we just look at that and and then we go, you know,
0: I'm sitting here with a huge inner smile because you just said you you ask your clients what makes them unique. And that's the next thing I'm going to ask <laughs> you. Red Dot
5: Public Relations, so from a business perspective, mm-hmm. what makes you unique? The, the fact that we have like sound contacts in the business media. So whether you are the owner of a spaza shop, Intrushonguwe or Alexandra or Kailicha, for that matter, if you have like, so if you run that spaza shop, to the CEO of a listed company in South Africa. We can do your PR. We have international clients as well. And that's absolutely a shame. The sad thing about our situation in the PR world is that our local media, I find to be very, very supportive of international brands. They love international experts that coming to South Africa. So the fact that we've got a footprint like in the business media of South Africa, that sort of sets us apart from other PR agencies. The funny thing is if you had asked me this in our first year, I would not have known how to answer you because in the first year of running the company, people were constantly asking me, what makes you different? And I'm like, if we are not different, we are the same as any other PR agency. But, you know, but it took me a while. And then eventually I went to, Red Dot went through a dip and I went to a business seminar. And when I sat at this seminar, it was a JT Fox seminar. And as I sat in the front row, and I looked back at all these startup companies and these people just wanting to make a success and have their business grow and take them to the next level. I was like, I feel very comfortable here. I'm at home. And that's when Red Dot, the Bureau the serial entrepreneur was born.
0: Let's take a musical break here on Gay Radio where you are family and we'll continue our conversation shortly. Keep streaming.